Good morning, and if you turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 16, and we're going to read from verse 11 of Acts chapter 16. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samothrace, and the next day on to Neapolis. From there, we travelled to Philippi, a Roman colony, the leading city of the district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gates in the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, and she was from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshipper of God. Now the Lord opened her heart, and she responded to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptised, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling, and this girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God and are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so troubled that he turned round and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And that moment the Spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realised that their hope of making money was gone, They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the magistrates, the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. By advocating customs unlawful to us Romans to accept or to practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully, and upon receiving their orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. Shall we pray? Our Father, we just thank you again for this passage that we've read, and we just pray that you will just open our eyes and our hearts to what you would have us understand from it. And our Father, we do this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So we come to this passage this morning, and I've actually titled it From Little Acorns, Mighty Oak Trees Grow. You know, gardens in, in, and parks, they've been covered with dead leaves that have fallen from what have been bare branches. And they've now begun to blossom, as have all the flowers and the bushes. And they become masses, or a mass of fragrance and colour. Now, this week in our Babyly Toddler Group, the children uh, put plants into pots. These pots they'd been painting over the past few weeks in preparation for Mother's Day. Well, Mother's Day is here, and spring is here. And we see the power of the seed. And this morning, I want us to look at a different seed that was sown in two different places. Now, we read about the first one in that passage in Acts 16, that was verse 11 through to 15, and the second one is in verses 16 through to 24. So let's make a start this morning, um, and we're going to look at Lydia, a woman a woman who came to pray, and a woman who found Jesus. Now I want to just share with you a few uh, words from 
Acts 16, verse 13, the first part of that verse, we read this. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gates of the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. You see, Paul is here on his second missionary journey. He's got with him Silas and Luke. And they've arrived at Philippi, a Roman colony, where there was no synagogue. You see, a minimum of 10 Jewish men were required in order for a synagogue to be founded. So, obviously, there were not 10 Jewish men here in Philippi. Now, Paul knew that there would be a small community of Jews who lived there. And their custom would have been to meet on the Sabbath in some quiet place in order that they could gather together and pray. So, on the Sabbath, Paul and his companions, they, they went outside the city looking for, and get this, expecting to find that place. And they did. Now, it would appear that most of those who were gathered there were women. Some of the people there would have been what we call proselytes. They would have been Gentiles who had a desire to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And they would have converted to Judaism. And one of those was a lady called Lydia. Let's just think about Lydia. Lydia, a Gentile woman from the Greek city of Thyatira. But she's here in Philippi, the big city, and she's here working as a businesswoman. She's involved in what was a very lucrative business, the business of selling that much sought-after expensive purple cloth. A woman who would have had contact with people who could afford to buy this rare product. A woman with a desire to worship God and she was here at the riverside and she listens to Paul. Paul begins to speak to them about Jesus, the, the promised Messiah, who by dying on the cross became the sacrifice for sin. And she heard how he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven to intercede for us with his heavenly father. Here in this passage, what is happening is that new life is given. And when we come to the second part of verse 14, we read the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. So what did this mean for her to respond to Paul's message? What did she do? Well, it meant this wealthy, successful woman who had everything going for her. In the light of what Paul had said about how and why Jesus died, she saw herself, yes, she was a good, living, well-liked, successful woman. But in the eyes of God, like everybody else, she was seen as a sinner. A sinner in need of forgiveness. Forgiveness from the God, from God, the God who she had come to worship. Now through the power of prayer, she bowed before him in the presence of the others. She bowed before the Lord and she confessed her sin. And in that action, she accepted God's forgiveness as she put her trust 
in that once and for all sacrifice that Jesus had made on her behalf. She was a sinner, and she became a sinner saved by grace. And then as we read on, we see a new life shared. We read these words, When she and the members of her household were baptised. Very few words there. But in these few words, it's telling us that there was a time of rejoicing there amongst that little group by the riverside when there and then she accepted Jesus as her saviour. But the rejoicing wasn't just at the riverside. In the words of Jesus in Luke 15 verse 10, we read this in the same way. I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And not only that, we read that she shared this good news with those of her family who were there with her. And, and they too responded to the words of the gospel just as Lydia had. And this baptism, you know, the river was there, so they were baptised. And this was a public expression and an evidence, an evidence that showed to whoever else was there that what had just happened was a true act of repentance and that their salvation was real. Which brings us to the second part of that verse and we can put the title over this, New Life in Action. This is what we read. She invited us, this is Paul and his companions, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. You see, she knew who she was now. She was a believer in the Lord. The seed of the word of God had taken root. It began to grow in the heart of Lydia. Through her testimony to others, who also became believers in the Lord. This woman became a new person in Christ. As she opened her heart to the Lord, she opened her home to his servants, Paul, Silas and Luke. She invited us into her home. Paul and Silas were able to stay at the house of Lydia as they were then able to continue to sow the seed of the gospel in the city of Philippi. That's where our heading comes from for this morning, from little acorns, mighty oak trees grow. But we read about another woman in that same city, a woman whose life was a complete contrast to Lydia's. Lydia, a woman who had success, one who had wealth, a respected position in society and everything going for her. This other woman who didn't even own herself. But she, like Lydia, needed that seed to be sown in her life, a seed that would grow, a seed that had the power to change her life. Two women whose lives were poles apart. In verse 16 of uh, passage 16, we read this. 
Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. You see, as I mentioned, she didn't even own herself. She was owned by others. They, Paul, Silas and Luke and Lydia, and maybe a few others who had gathered at that riverside maybe the week before, they were on their way to pray. When this woman came with no intention of accepting the message of salvation, her purpose was to ridicule them. Her purpose was to entice others to reject Paul's message. And in verse 17 we read, She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And we're going to look at that in a few moments because that is very important. But I want us to stop for a moment to consider something that we might miss. You see, what we're looking at here is a first-hand account of what was happening. These things were then written down written down for us by a doctor. Yeah? Who was the doctor? Well, it was Dr. Luke. You see, Luke is the one who wrote the book of Acts. And in verse 10 of this passage in Acts 16, Luke said this, he said, We got ready at once to leave. So the we, who are the we? We is Paul, Silas and Luke. He didn't say they. He said we. He's included in this. And here in verse 17, he will say, she followed Paul and the rest of us. Who were the rest of us? Well, Paul, Silas, Luke. Probably Lydia was with them then. But uh, Luke was here. Luke was right there with them. This is a first-hand account of what was happening. And we're told that this woman earned a great deal of money by fortune-telling, but the money was not for her. It was for the men who owned her. She was a slave to them, but not just a slave to them. She's a slave to someone else, as we will see in a few moments. But back to that verse that we read. She knew who Paul and Silas were. She knew that they were the servants of the Most High God. She knew that Paul had brought a message of salvation and that the message that he brought was from the Most High God. When we come to verse 18, we read this. She kept this up for many days and finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned round and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the Spirit left her. You know, initially, Paul wanted nothing to do with her. Paul knew the Scriptures. He would have been familiar with this passage that we're going to refer to in a moment from the book of Deuteronomy. And the passage is Deuteronomy 18, and it runs from verse 9 through to 13. And in it is a warning given to God's people before they enter the Promised Land. And Paul would have known these words. So just listen to two verses from that passage in Deuteronomy. It's verse 10 through to 11 from Deuteronomy 18. This was the warning. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their sons or daughters in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, 
interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritualist, or who consults the dead. Paul knew this, but he also knew Jesus. And he knew that it was only in the name of Jesus that this situation could change. You know, this reminds us of the account of Jesus healing the demon-possessed man who, after he'd been restored, went back into town as Jesus had instructed him to. This is what Jesus said. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. See, this woman's life was to be changed. It would and could only be changed by Jesus. This woman, like the man in Luke 8, the passage we've just referred to, was eventually healed physically, mentally and spiritually. Now Luke doesn't give us any details here in the book of Acts. He doesn't reveal her name. This could have been to protect her, to protect her from those who claim to own her. But like Lydia, this woman became a new person in Christ. We read on in verse 19, when her owners realised that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advancing customs unlawful to us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. Now this is a great passage, there's a lot in here, what we're going to look at on another occasion. But I want us this morning to, to see how a seed has been sown. And when that seed has been sown, it begins to grow. And we begin to see the results of that growth. What is the seed? Well, like the parable of the sower, the seed is the word of God. The seed that was sown into the lives of these two women who were changed. And this reminds me, first of all, of a verse from 2 Corinthians. It's verse 17 of chapter 15. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. You see, these two women were chalk and cheese. They were so different. But that verse in Corinthians starts, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. See, this, there are no exclusions here. The offer is to be that new creation. That reminds me of a verse from Colossians. It's Colossians 3 verse 11. Here there's no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, 
but Christ is all and is in all. You see, no one is so good that they don't need the word of God. All have sinned and we all need that seed of the word of God to be sown in our hearts. And then on the other hand, and this is the contrast between the two women, no one is so bad that they will not be offered the word of God. Whosoever will may come. Just like these two women, one one extreme end of the social standing and the other at the other extreme end, but all are included. Whosoever will may come. There's a question for us for this morning and we're going to draw to a close as we think about these things. Question. Have you come to God through the power of the blood shed on Calvary's cross? If not, then will you come to God through the power of the blood shed on Calvary's cross? You see, this is the whosoever will can come. These two women did, and they became one in Christ. What about Paul and Silas? We've seen how the lives of these two two women have been changed. What about Paul and Silas? Did it change their lives? Well, yeah, it did. By human understanding, the outcome of Paul and Silas in these two events could be seen as a success and a failure. One result was to be welcomed into a warm and friendly home where they could be well fed and looked after as they carried on with the work of the gospel. And you think, wow, that's great. You know, a happy ending. But the other outcome was a beating and a cold, dark prison cell. But you know, this is what I want to get over to us this morning. And I want us to think about this in in the light of what we just looked at. When the acorn is sown in the ground, the oak tree begins to grow. And at times, it might be a struggle. But the end result will be worth it. You know, there's much more for this passage and we will look at it at a later date. But I want us to take these thoughts with us this morning. That when Jesus died, he died for the best of us and he died for the worst of us. Because all of us are sinners. And no matter how things turn out, if we accept Jesus as our saviour and we become those who believe and trust in him, it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. Sometimes it will be hard, but the end result will always be worth it. From little acorns, mighty oak trees grow. And from the seed of the word of God, mighty things can grow and do grow. Shall we pray? Father, we just thank you again for this time you spent in your presence this morning. We might 
be very familiar with this passage that we've read, but we pray that we might see it in the light that you would have us see it this morning, that we might understand more about you, more about ourselves, as we've looked at these two women and how their lives were changed, and also how the change in their lives also changed the lives in Paul and Silas. Now, Father, we just would ask that you teach us and continue to teach us through these things, that it might be to our blessing and to your glory, as we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.